The 375th edition of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Circa Sports. Circa Sports is back with their Circa Survivor and Circa Millions contest. $14 million up for grabs. Get all the details at CircaSports.com. Howdy, howdy, Jen Reno's, and welcome to episode 375 of the Sports Gambling Podcast. Sorry, the MMA Gambling Podcast. Messing up already. MMA Gambling Podcast on the Mighty Mighty Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I am the one that messes up on this show. I would be one of your hosts, Jeff Chalks Fox. I, even though I am shedding that nickname, like a, a slimy snake sheds its skin uh, because I'm, I'm hitting lots of dogs, or I did hit a lot of dogs last week. Hopefully, that's going to be the case this week with UFC 290, which we will be covering today. Uh, this episode, let's send out to all our American friends, American listeners. I am Canadian, as I've been told you can tell by my voice, but I think I sound like a normal human <laughs> being. I don't think I sound Canadian whatsoever. But anyhow, uh, I'm not American, but I know you just had your your massive holiday where you blow things up and set things on fire and and eat meat and drink. You mean moonshine. you mean you mean Tuesday? Tuesday. There's the <laughs> yeah. American my American ghost. So hope you had a good Independence Day. AKA let's bring in Gumby Gumby Vreeland. Hello. Hey, what's up? Uh, yeah, no, it was, uh, you know, it's, it's like every, every, uh, summer Tuesday is in America here. Yeah, exactly. Burn things up, blow things up, you know, drink. So you had a good time. You had a good, uh, fourth as you guys call it Gumby. Yeah. I mean, yeah, when you when you you do this this podcasting and writing thing, it's either just a day where I don't podcast or write, or it's a day that I do. Um, yes, and that was true. that that was one of the ones where I don't. <laughs> yep, it is true. It is true. Uh, we have a pretty big event going on this week, and even though it's been dealt some blows, even with the blows it's been dealt and the squash matches that have been added, it's still best card that I can remember on paper for a long, long time. Yeah, long, I, long time. Better than 289. I can't remember any farther back than that. I mean, it's a, it's a still a damn good pay-per-view. Um, and, and like, of course, the blows you're talking about. Uh, Jack Dell and Madalena no longer fighting Sean Brady. That one's a real blow, right? Because uh, the the fun part of that was Jack Dell and Madalena was going to fight somebody who's, you know, sort of been there, done that, has beaten Michael Chiesa, has got phenomenal wrestling. Now he gets a newcomer in Josiah Harrell and, uh, you know, still a good wrestler, but, you know, obviously wildly unproven. It should be an easy fight for Jack Dellis. So, like, that's a loss. I will say I don't think the Bo Nickel fight being changed is much of a loss. I mean, his odds catapulted even higher than they already were. But, like, I'm not sure that the the gap between Treshawn Gore and Val Woodburn is all that large. Um, like, I think if you put those two in a fight with one another, I, I don't think you'd get odds of negative 300 on either side. So uh, I, I don't think you really learn, you know, you're, you're getting anything different. You're just getting to see Bo Nickel do his thing and, and you still get to do that. One's a professional gardener and one is a professional fighter though. So is he a professional gardener? That's just, see, he uh, like, he, he's it, like a logger. He has his own lawn care business. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. No. He, he does some, some tree work. No, no shame there, <laughs> but, but that, that's who's stepping in to fight here. So, um, we shall get to all that shortly. Uh, today is the prelim episode. Tomorrow will be main card and all our fancy dancy picks. But before all that, I got to tell you about Circa Sports, our new friends on the podcast. Circa Millions plus Circa Survivor are 
back. 14 million guaranteed prizes up for grabs. Circa Millions is five NFL picks plus ATS each week. Circuit Survivor, just pick a different money line winner each week. Enter in Vegas, play from anywhere. Sports Gambling Podcast will be out there the last weekend in August. CircusSports.com for all the details. CircusSports.com. That's C-I-R-C-A sports.com. What would you do with the money if you won, Gumby? If you won, how much money are they giving away? $14 million. What would you do with $14 million, Gumby? I'd probably buy half a ticket to the UFC Boston event. Dick <laughs> oh, burn, but it's true. Um, all right. Uh, let me see. Do you have any picks for NFL week one? We're talking about week one already of the NFL. I mean, pick, I mean, this is going to upset the host, but no. pick the Cowboys. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what I thought. That's what I thought we were headed. All right. Um, early prelims. It's six o'clock. Am I right with that? Usually it is. Yeah, I think it's at six I o'clock. ESPN plus UFC fight pass. And it's UFC 290. We're talking about July the 8th. T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. We are starting with lightweights. Camuela Kirk versus Esteban Rebovitz. Uh, let me see. I am going to tell you about Rebovitz first after I scroll down. Here we go. Now I'm going to tell you about Kirk. How about the Jawayan? 11 and 5, four knockouts, six submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted once. One and one in the UFC. Three and one over his last four. He did get submitted in his last fight. Used to fight at Featherweight. Oh, won the contender series. Six inches of reach over Rebovitz. He's been outstruck over his UFC career and contender series career by 2.11 strikes a minute. Not good. He has better grappling stats than Rebovitz, plus 125. Rebovitz, El Gringo, 11 and one. Six knockouts, five submissions. So he's finished everyone. He's never been finished himself in his one loss. His loss did come in his last fight because he's 0-1 in the UFC, 1-0 contender series. Like I said, lost his last fight. Multi-region championships on his. Mantle. Correct. Get the t-shirt at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash store. Two years younger than Kirk. Striking and active striking stats better than Kirk's. He's outstruck his UFC and contender series opponents by 1.7 strike per minute. Minus 140. Gummy's going to break it down as I go see where one of my kids just ran away to. Go ahead. All right. Uh, I- I'm going to start with an underdog here. I- I'm going to take... Camuela Kirk. Um, I'm I'm a little surprised that the money has been blocking in on him. So by the way, if you, if you haven't already gotten in attack on Camuela Kirk, you're gonna want to do that. He was like plus 145, plus 150 earlier in the week. So plus 125. Um, I, I didn't think the money had come in on him because you know, like you said, he he just got choked out. Um, he lost pretty bad in that fight. He lost on the contender series. Um, but like he has shown. He's pretty damn good in his fights where he's look good. You know, like if you look at his fight with Makwan Amirakani, some people didn't think he won that fight. But regardless, he put on a damn good show and he did so with some pretty good wrestling. He stayed away from submission attempts, which I really loved. If you watch his fight with Billy Quarantillo, which was who he had to fight on Contender Series. And granted, probably why his stats look bad when you look at... um. You know, you said he's been outstruck by his opponents. You know, he, he got hit by Billy Quarantillo a lot. Um, but in that fight, he took Billy Quarantillo down a bunch of times. Um, it was him initiating the grappling on Billy Q, not the other way around. Meanwhile, you know, you're going to talk about Rebovich. He's a guy who just got absolutely ragged out by Loic Rodzibov. Um, He knocked out Thomas Paul on Contender Series, but like, you know, taking nothing away from Thomas Paul, he's an amazing athlete and it's wild that he's done what he's done being deaf, but like he leaves himself open to these hooks. And that's really what you see out of Rebovich too. And, and what I think is going to be the big difference here is that Rebovich is the guy who throws hooks and, and tries to throw big power punches. Whereas Kirk 
has better sense of distance, is a much smarter striker, and I think it's going to have a wrestling advantage here. So uh, I'll get the dog money out the gate and take Camuela Kirk. As am I. Boom. Look at us. Um, yeah, I, I like Kirk as well. Six inches six of reach is, is a nice thing that uh, and, and you mentioned in your breakdown, and, either, but I agree with, agree with everything else. And especially, that, no, that, that's such a good point to bring up too, because that becomes even bigger when you consider the fact that like um, – Rebovich is a guy who throws lots of like tight hooks and doesn't establish range well. Yeah. And Kirk does. So like when you pair those two things together, the big long range and the ability to use that range, uh, I think you're going to see even, even bigger advantage for Kirk here. Fantastic. I like a dog out the gate. I like that. We agree with each other. Consensus Gumby we're 62%, which is where we've been holding steady since I've been tracking this. So pretty good. Like it. pretty, pretty, pretty good. All right, let's move on to flyweights down a few weight classes. Shannon Ross, Jesus Santos Aguiar. Uh, we will tell you about Ross first. The Turkish delight, 13 and 7, seven knockouts, one submission. He's not Turkish, though. Maybe his ancestors are Turkish. He isn't he, like, I, I think we talked somewhere? about this, but is it Turkish delight? <laughs> we have. A, it's a bad candy, right? It's like candy oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not a fan of it. I think my mom likes it, perhaps. Yeah, it's like, like a jelly with like chocolate on it. Very British. Very British. Um, all right. So no one likes it. Do, do people like Shannon Ross, though? Is that why he's called that? Because no one likes him. I, that's harsh if it is. He's gross. And he's gross. <laughs> Turkish Light, 13 to 7. Seven knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out three times, submitted once. Oh, one the UFC. Oh, one contender series. He's lost two straight. That would make it. He's only won one of his last three. He's not won since November 2020. The last two losses have been of the knockout and TKO variety. However, multiple regional championships on his mantle. Correct, get shirts, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash store. 2010 Pro MMA debut, two inches height, four inches reach on IGR. Four times more active and he strikes based on their, their small sample sizes here. He's been on strike by 2.42 strikes per minute, plus 126. Aguiar, eight and two, six submissions. He's been submitted twice. So that is his Achilles seal. 0-1 UFC, 1-0 contender series. Lost his last fight via submission. He fought someone good though, if I remember correctly, right? Um, oh yeah, he fought Tatsuya Tyra. Yes, yes, of course. More on him very, very, very shortly. Um, regional champion, seven years younger than Ross, striking and grappling stats better than Ross's. He's outstruck his UFC and contender series opponents by 0.68 strikes a minute, minus 140. Aguiar is the clear pick for me. Ross has not, not shown that he is at this level. Aguiar, no shame in losing to Tyra. Uh, the seven years age difference. Is not something to uh, overlook, especially at a lightweight class like flyweight as well. So um, give me the submission specialist at minus 140. Yeah, I'm going to take Aguiar too, but I am going to say with a couple of caveats and things that worry me. Because, you know, I I, I leaned Ross right out the gate here when I saw the lines posted and, and thought about picking him. And then when I went back and watched him, I'm like, man, does he just back up way too much for me? Like he just, his back's up against the cage almost like the minute the fight starts and it never leaves there. Um, and obviously it's it's caused him some real issues in the past. Um, and then, you know, like the thing about Aguiar is, yeah, he, he he's done some really stupid things. Um, if you go back to his fight on, uh, on Data White's Contender Series, he wanted the takedown so bad that he actually pulled Arison Ferreira into his mount. At one point in time, he tried to like lat drop and instead he just dropped right into bottom mount. Um, one time he tried to do an outside trip and he landed in bottom half guard uh, at the end of that. Um, dumb things, really dumb things. Um, but it seems like 
he's good on the ground and good at getting back up. And I don't think Ross is going to want to take it there being that, that he's got all kinds of guillotine choke finishes, right? It is uh, Aguiar wants him to try to take him down. So like, it's going to be Aguiar backing him up, trying to take him down. I think he's got good enough takedowns if he does get the right position. And I'll also just say this too. I, I think Aguiar's hands are kind of being slept on. I don't think he's going to get a KO victory because he never has before in his life. But it really would not surprise me if he just like let his hands go at some point in time and, you know, cracked uh, Ross and then grabbed the guillotine. Because that's what he did to Fajera um, on Contender Series is he cracked him and he jumped the guillotine and uh, it worked. So, you know, like I, I think that that's really still in play here. I think that kind of win. We've all done dumb things before, though, right, Dan? So no, no shame in that, Aguiar. You said you've no. done some really dumb things before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're gamblers for crying out loud. That, that's how we live. Um, okay. We're on the same page once again. Let's go to Bantamweights. Oh, one of Dan's favorites, right? Uh, this, is one, this is the guy fighter that you you bully, bully me about. Cameron Simon, right? Oh, yeah. Weren't you I, bullying me on, in the Discord about him? I think it was because you were trying to tell me that you made a good bet on Cameron <laughs> Simon one time. Uh, mm. And he was like a negative 900 favorite or some shit like that. And he like... <laughs> eked out a really terrible win over a short uh, short notice replacement Mana Martinez. Well, short notice replacement Terrence Mitchell now <laughs> this fight against Cameron Simon. Maybe Dan will... Uh, I remember you were trying to force me to say that, that uh, Simon is good, is what you're trying to do. You're trying to make... Do you really think he's good? That, that's what oh, yeah, yeah. I, just, we'll I was like, you need to say the word. Because he's fought <laughs> twice in the UFC. And he's fought Stephen Kozlow... Yes. Um, and he's fought Mana Martinez. Yep. Mana Martinez just lost on the regional circuit, by the way. Um, since being released, Mana Martinez has gone on to lose to Felipe Efrain, who is uh, not particularly good, kind of past his prime, uh, and uh, lost in less than a minute. And Steven Kozlo has had like seven pro fights ever, and uh, the only guy with a winning record he's ever fought is Cameron Simon. So I, he's fought kind of the lows of the lows in the UFC, so... Well, now he gets Terrence Mitchell coming in on short notice at debut. Let's tell you about Mitchell. 15 and 2, six knockouts, eight submissions, knocked out once. Short notice debut, as I said. 12 and 0, however, over his last 12 fights, last two wins via submission. He was 0 1 on the Ultimate Fighter, was a regional champion, used to fight down at Flyweight, 2009 Pro MMA debut. So a bit of a journeyman here. Two inches of height over Simon, don't have reach info for him, plus 400. Simon, MSP, plus he's got that nickname that we don't know what it means, right? Yeah, but he's not the only one like that. Right? Never the bottom of it. It's like no. it's like the Grant Dawson one, right? Yeah, it's just a South African thing. Is he South African, right? Yeah, but Grant Dawson isn't. <laughs> yeah, no, I know, I know, but I was thinking Still Knox, who we'll be talking about tomorrow. Oh, Still yeah, Knox yeah. is a nickname too that we're not really sure about, right? I'm sure somebody knows. Yeah, we'll yeah. say. <laughs> okay, someone tell us what MSP stands for. Uh, Simon, eight no five knockouts, one submission, two and only UFC, one no. Contender Series, regional champion, 11 years younger than Mitchell, minus 500. Is there a breakdown needed here, Dan? I mean, there's a little bit of a breakdown needed, because as I said, I don't think Cameron Simon is good. Um, I think he's bad. How's uh, Terrence Mitchell, though? Long. Um, that's pretty much all I can say about him, is he's long. Um, he, I mean, being five foot ten at Bantamweight is kind of wild, but man, he's been fighting in the Alaskan regional scene, and I know we've talked a little bit about the Alaskan regional scene here. It's really bad. Like, it's truly emphatically bad. Um, and, like, 
he's fighting guys who who just kind of like let him take them down. Uh, you know, like Mitchell Mitchell's slow on the feet. He does have good submissions. You'll look at all of his wins or by submission and stuff like that. But the the guys he's been fighting, like he just gets any kind of body lock on him and it's an automatic takedown. And then like his last win that I watched, he he got a rear naked choke and he had like sort of one hook in, but not two. And only sort of the first one. And the guy just like kind of stayed there and let him put a rear naked choke on. And he didn't even think to like get the second hook in. And then when he finally puts the second hook in, the guy taps. But like he's not going to have that kind of time against Cameron Simon. Um, I don't think he's going to land those kind of takedowns against Cameron Simon. And I also think Cameron Simon being almost as tall as Terrence Mitchell is, is going to like ruin Terrence's day. Because Terrence Mitchell is a guy who is who has largely gotten by by being so much bigger than everybody, and he's not going to be that much bigger than than Simon. So I, I think that's going to cause him some trouble. I'll also say uh, we've seen his chin get touched. I know he, uh, I, I don't think he's lost by knockout in his pro career, or maybe once by knockout in his pro career. Um, but like he got knocked out really bad by Kai Kara France on the Ultimate Fighter, um, and obviously like. It only took 29 seconds. Kaikara France, high-level puncher. But, like, I, I could see his chin getting clipped here again by Simon. Uh, plus Simon, 11 years younger. Once again, massive age gap at a, a low weight class. Uh, massive age gaps. I, I don't um, – I haven't been tracking it based on uh, weight class, but 63% hit rate if they're five years younger or more. This one's more than double that. The, the UFC um, broadcast – we're still not going to find out. The UFC broadcast the other night yep. said uh, – 69% at seven years and older. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I mean, obviously that's a, uh, this one's even older than that, but like that's, it, it means it's getting bigger yep. though, the older we get. Yep. Um, that's what happens, Dan. We get bigger, the older we get. Um, <laughs> we are not, uh, we're still not going to find out if Simon's any good though, right? That this is going to prove nothing. And you're going to try to cyber bully me again, aren't you? I mean, he's going to get on the mic after he won and say that he deserves like Manel Cape or something <laughs> like that. Cause that's, I mean, that's, uh, that, that's my biggest issue with Simon is just like, he keeps winning these like short notice, semi meaningless fights and talking about how he like is conquering the, and not even looking good in them either. Cause that's the other thing. It's like, yeah, he, he didn't look good beating Mana Martinez. He, he was losing rounds in that fight with Steven Coslow. Uh, you know, I guess he probably looked the best against Josh Wang Kim. Um, but even then, like, I, I don't know. I, I'm just not impressed with him. And, and again, he's getting a layup. So it is what it is. It It is what it is. Uh, before we move on, and actually, uh, as I tran- stumble into this transition, because I don't have it on my screen, what I'm going to read about. Oh, yes. I'm going to tell you about Underdog Fantasy. Simon, not an underdog. We did get in on Underdog at the very starting of the show, and you should get in on Underdog Fantasy because we are brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Best Ball Mania 4 is here. Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. We are giving, oh, we're giving you ways to win millions ever. $14 million for Circa, $15 million from Underdog. Holy moly. Underdog at Pick'em is also a great way to get down on your favorite MLB and NFL season player prop. So many ways to win over on Underdog, and Underdog is available in so many states. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for 100% deposit bonus up to 100 bucks. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. If you win that, Dan, then you can get a ticket. If you win both contests. Yeah, if I, if I win UFC both, Boston, I, you're in. I get a whole UFC Boston ticket. <laughs> Fantastic. 
All right, who's going to win this? Light heavyweights, Victor Vitor, excuse me, Petrino Marcin Prochnio. Tell you about Prochnio first. 16 to 6, 11 knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out four times, three and four in the UFC. However, he's won three of his last four, including his last fight. He's fight down at middleweight, is regional champion, 2013 pro MMA debut, an inch taller than Petrino. Striking and active striking stats in his favor. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by 2.44 strikes per minute, which is a really good number, especially for a guy who's fought seven times already. He, and on the board, he's at plus 240 if you want to bet him. Petrino, 8 no, 6 knockouts, 1 uh, one no in the UFC, 1 no in contender series, 3 inches of reach. And Prashino, 9 years younger, has outstruck his two opponents, UFC and contender series opponents, by 1.27 strikes a minute. Better grappling stats than Prochnio, minus 275. Now that I'm Getting rid of my chalks label. I'm going to take another big dog here since I hit two big dogs last week. Give me Protnio, plus 240. I don't really get why he's such a, a big underdog here. I think Petrino's being overrated a little bit. Look at his resume. He's not fought anyone really that good. Um, and when you, you dive into the stats, Protnio is is the better striker. And I'm always, if not, I tend to go with the better striker from distance. So definitely uh, uh, just as dangerous of a striker as well. So I'll take a roll of the dice at the plus 240. I'm taking Protnio too. Um, yeah, I, I love this Yay. play. Yeah, I, I love Marcin Procneo. The the biggest piece for me and why I think he's such a large underdog here is um the William Knight fight, I think, throws people off. Like, he threw maybe 10 strikes in that fight and outstruck his opponent 10 to nothing, um, w- which was, like, a clear and convincing win for him. But it also just, like, it didn't impress anybody. I think he expected a very different fight out of uh, William Knight, and then he just didn't get it. Actually, the final numbers are in on that. He outstruck him 79 to 8, um, which is so stupid. Um, that's wild. Uh, it, and, like, it didn't look good. It wasn't entertaining. You go the fight before that, he lost to Felipe Linz, and I think a lot of people were like, ah, I don't know, he lost to Felipe Linz. Yeah, he lost to Felipe Linz, but Felipe Linz is looking like a bad man lately. And you roll it back a little more, he knocked out like Villanueva. He beat up Khalil Roundtree, which low-key, the Roundtree and Linz fights have aged really well. Um, And, you know, he, he struggled when he first got to the UFC, but I think there's a lot of potential there. And the other thing that I think is really big here is he defends a takedown pretty damn well. Um, he, he went three of three in defending William Knights. Uh, he stuffed seven of the 11 that Felipe Linz threw at him. Uh, like he, he defends a takedown pretty well. And when you looked at Petrino, he spent a lot of his last fight, the fight against, um, um, pleasure man, the, his fight against pleasure man, he, he, he like shot a lot of takedowns and he scored a lot of takedowns and he spent a lot of time on top. But then as the fight kind of went on he really tired out. Like he looked like shit in the second half of the, the second round. And I think Procneo is going to take advantage of that. Cause the thing about Procneo is, is we've seen him look all right late in the fights. Like he looked good as the Ike Villanueva fight went on. He looked good as the Cleo Roundtree fight went on. I mean, nothing was there to tire him out against William Knight, but I mean, he looked great and fresh at the end of that fight too. So I think he's going to be the fresher fighter later. I think, um, I also think, you know, like I, I mentioned in the earlier fight with, um, with Aggie or with, uh, Kirk and Rebovich, I, I think the fact that Petrino throws a lot of hooks and not a lot of straight punches is going to be tricky for him because Prochnio throws a lot of like kicks to keep distance and establish distance. I think it's really going to mess up Vitor Petrino. So yeah, give me Prochnio too. 
I'm just uh, I'm tickled that you agree with me. Plus, you got to mention Pleasure Man, which is always always a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope we get more. <laughs> I hope we get more Pleasure Man in the UFC. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all hope so. Um, all right, we'll be moving on to. Actually, I'm gonna have a drink because I'm starting to cough. Ah, must be all the wildfires that we have up here, right, Dan? That's probably it. <laughs> Canada's burning. All right, main event of the early prelims is a catchweight 130 pound fight. Tatsura Tyra, the aforementioned, versus Edgar Charez. Charez uh, Pitbull is a nickname, very original nickname in MMA. He's ten and four, four knockouts, six submissions. So he's finished all of his wins. He's been submitted himself twice. Short notice debut. Everyone who listens to this knows that is a warning right there. You probably shouldn't. Uh, Owen won the Contender Series. He's won, however, he's won two straight fights in four or five. Is was is was the Combate champion. Two inches of reach on Tyra. More active landing strikes. He got outstruck on the Contender Series by 1.87 strikes a minute. Plus 675. Tyra, 13-0, three knockouts, seven submissions, three in the UFC. Last two wins via submission. The Shuto champ, two inches tight, three inches of reach over Shiraz, five years younger. His uh, strike differential is 1.74 strikes per minute in the favor. So he got strikes his opponents. Actually, no, the stats I just gave you were incorrect. Excuse me. They were there for his fight that got canceled. Um, as to the reach and all that stuff. Uh, he's four years younger than Shiraz. I don't think we have um, height and reach stuff. Uh, I will actually, uh, I'm the whole thing up, Dan. Cut. You got to cut this whole part out. Okay. I'm not going to do that. Shariz right? is the same height ah! as him. Yeah, Shariz is the same height, but he's got two inches of reach. Okay. Back on track. Uh, Tyra, four years younger. Striking and grappling stats better than Shariz. However, this is based off of one fight in the contender series for Shariz. Who did he fight? Do you remember who Shariz fought? Yeah, Clayton Concrete Carpenter. Right. Okay. Tough, tough fight there. Um, Tyra, minus 1,000. Yeah. Obviously, I, I'm go- he's yeah. Yeah, it's that's your tie right here. And I will also say sure is 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 also lost to the aforementioned Jesus Aguilar, um, who beat him in a title fight back in 2020 in a I believe it's a Mexican promotion, UWC. Um, and and I'll, I'll just say, like, it's alarming when you look at a guy uh, if you're trying to find any value and you might be trying to look to find value on Sharif uh, or maybe you're not a sicko like I am. Um, but like. He's lost to grapplers repeatedly. He lost to Carpenter. He lost to Aguilar. Those two guys like to grapple, like it to mix up the grappling. That's what Tyra does. He just does it better than those two. So, of course, he's a massive favorite for a reason. Give me Tatsuya, Tyra. Yep. Not much else to say there. Tyra is one of our, our boys on here on the podcast and in our Discord. SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash Discord is the place to be, of course. All right, let's go to the regular, the proper prelims, which will start at 8 p.m. Eastern, ABC, ESPN, and ESPN+. Plus. Light heavyweights, Jimmy Crute, Alonzo Manifield. It feels like we already did this fight before. Damn, we already already broke it down. Did we not? Hey, we did, yes. <laughs> we did. It wasn't it wasn't too long ago either. Ended in a draw uh, after Manifield got it was the repeated cage grabs. Is that why he um he lost a point, right? Yep. Third round cage, cage grab. grabs. Yep. Third round cage grab. Right. Okay. All right. Let's break her down again. Uh, atomic. Alonzo Menafield, 13-3-1, 10 knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out once. 6-3-1 in the UFC, 2-0-1 over his last three, 4-0-1 over his last five. Last two wins have come via knockout or GKO. Used to fight up at heavyweight, 2-0 in the Contender Series, 1-0 in Bellator. Two inches reach on Crute, striking active striking stats in his favor. He's outstruck his UFC and Contender Series opponents by 0.84 strikes a minute. He's at plus 105. Jimmy the Crute, Jimmy the, the Crute, Jimmy the Crute Brute? No, Jimmy the Brute Crute, 12-3-1. 
five knockouts, four submissions, knocked out twice, submitted once. So he's been finishing all his losses. Four, three, and one in the UFC. Oh, two, and one over his last three. As I mentioned, last fight was a draw against Menafield. He's not won a fight since October of 2020. One in the contender series is, is and was the regional champion. Two inches height on Menafield, nine years younger. He's got a positive strike differential as well of 0.63. Better grappling stats than Menafield, minus 120. And it's me, right? I'm going Menafield. He basically he won the first two rounds on most judges' scorecards uh, of the last fight. Um, Crew turned it on a bit in the last round, and then the and then the um, fence grabs ended up turning it into a draw. Um, I'll go with Manifield. Just hits harder. Like I said, he he won the first two rounds, even though he got taken down repeatedly. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go with him at this late dog muddy here in what is a close fight. Yeah, so uh, two things for me. First of all, when I'm picking a fight that's a rematch, you usually go with the guy who won the first one, um, which, uh, you know, you take that you take that cage grab away, and, and Menafield might have. And then the other thing I will say is usually in rematches, at least this is what I found, it, it seems like the the first thing to sort of get equalized, the, the adjustment people make the most is preparing themselves to be taken down repeatedly. Because if you go back and you look at that, like, you know, like Moreno versus Figueredo one and the change you see to Figueredo two is like Moreno just prepared himself for the grappling better in that fight. And like the striking mostly stays the same. I don't think the striking hardly ever changes. And and Menafield clearly had the advantage striking wise. And so it, I think if Menafield knows, look, he's going to shoot those takedowns again. This is what it felt like last time. And apart from being taken down, I was killing him. I think he just goes and he he fixes that a little bit, works on that a little bit. I think we see him on the feet more. I, I'm actually a little surprised Kroot's here a favorite. Um, I know he was he was negative 195 last time because I picked him at negative 195. Um, and, and like I'm gonna switch it now. I'm gonna take Menafield and I'm gonna take the dog money too. Okay, yeah, I um, Menafield, you're gonna take Kroot. You did take him last time, you said, right? You took Kroot yeah, and, and and I do really love Jimmy Kroot. Like I'm a Jimmy Kroot guy. Um, and, and I've, you know, I've, I think I've pointed out multiple times. I, I have issues with Menafield and in, in trusting him, uh, Menafield trust issues. There you're, uh, there's your, your, <laughs> oh. your title. um, you know, he, he he's, <laughs> yeah, he had one, four out of five before he fought Jimmy crew. His loss was to William Knight. So like, what do William you say? A hard, weird guy to fight. Yeah. But like, how do you feel good about a guy who lost to William Knight? Um, or like he's lost to Ovin St. Pru and Devin Clark, like just, just guys like good light heavyweights don't lose to. Um, but then he's gone out there and made Misha Serkinov look like a bitch and was beating Jimmy crew. And like, you know, like he, he knocked out Paul Craig for Christ's sakes. But like, I, I don't know, just sometimes he looks like a world beater and sometimes he doesn't. And, uh, it, it's hard to get behind him. Um, but with that being said, like I've seen this fight already, so I know what it goes like. And if he just shows up a little takedown defense, this should be his fight. Let's hope so. We are all, we are on the same page here. Hopefully everyone is riding with this as well. As we roll into a women's strawweight fight, Yasmin, yeah, I forgot what. You know, I'm going to chastise it, it, right? It's a reggae. Yeah, reggae. Yeah, reggae. Close. Yeah, reggae. Close. How reggae. Gomes. How reggae. How reggae, right? Versus Denise Gomes. There's Gomez. I always, the Gomes and Gomez. You hear people say stuff multiple uh, different ways which one is it gomes gomes okay we're going with gomes that's our official uh stand here on the mma gambling podcast all right 
Her nickname is D, D-E-E. Seven and two, five knockouts. Been knocked out once. One and one in the UFC. Won her last fight via TKO. One and zero oh on the contender series. One and zero oh on Invicta. Used to fight up at flyweight. She's outstruck her UFC opponents and contender series points by a strike and a half a minute, one point five four. So good number there. She's got grap- better grappling stats than Ha Reggae. I remember I, I called an episode How Reggae, I believe. Um, and Gomes is a professional grappler as well, plus three twenty. Ha Reggae ten and zero, oh, seven knockouts, two and zero oh in the UFC. One her last with VTKO. Was a regional champion, used to fight up at flyweight as well. Inch height, inch reach on Gomes. More active landing strikes. She's got an even better strike differential than Gomes. She's outstruck her UFC opponents by 2.12 strikes per minute. That will win you some fights. And she's at minus 375. <clears throat> and it's you. Uh, I'm going to go with Hot Reggie. Um, you know, like that, that part of me was like, should I get excited about what Gomes did to Bruno Brazil? And I think I've recapped that in saying that I just I think Bruno Brazil was off that day. I, I think there was something wrong with Bruno Brazil. Um, but like the the problem for me with Gomes is like she got taken down a bunch of times by Loma Luke Bume. So, yeah, her grappling stats look better. But like, I don't think she can wrestle uh, Yasmin Hauregi. Like, I, I just don't think that's possible. And, you know, how Reggie went in there. And really tooled on Yasmin uh, Lucindo in her debut. And, like, look at how good Lucindo looked against Brogan Walker. I mean, she looked like a world beater in there. So, like, I think we're talking about her having beaten a couple of women in, in Lucindo and Estela Nunez. Now, now, Nunez obviously not put together too great of a, a run here. But, like, I think they've, they've mostly aged well. And she looks faster on the feet. I think she defends all of her takedowns here. I think she could score takedowns herself if she really wanted to. I don't think she's going to need to. Um, and you know, like Loma Lukbume outstruck Denise Gomes 48 to 19. Um, like, and I love the output from how So yeah, I just don't see any value here in Gomes, unless you really think Gomes is going to land a knockout. <coughs> Excuse me. No, how I don't think that's going to happen because I'm picking how as well. Um, She's pretty good, right, Dan? I guess we'll see. I think she's. I think she's really. And how good she is? It is she championship level good, perhaps down the road, or you want to wait and see? I personally, so for me, I, I like she's young enough that you could say like maybe you know she's only twenty four years old, yeah. um, and, and she's young in the sport, and and we we've not really seen her tested against like you know I said Yasmin Lucindo is a good win. Um, she beat Stephanie Frosto, which is better than most of the types of wins you're going to get on the regional scene. Like she, she's fought some people, but obviously like it's going to depend on her development. Yep. We shall see. This is another, uh, step forward, hopefully on Saturday. All right. Watch weights, Jack Della Madalena, another one of our guys. He's fighting against Josiah Harrell. Uh, this unfortunately, unfortunately it's not the feature fight we were hoping to get against Sean Brady, but it might be good because we kind of like Brady as well. We don't want to see him get beat again, right? Yeah, although uh, it would make sense to rebook those two afterwards because uh, apparently Brady's not not Jessica. I don't mean to make light of this, but like just yeah. has like a minor staph infection in his elbow or something like that. That's all. Yeah, that's all. His his elbow's infected. No big deal, right? It just looks disgusting, right? Uh, it was Gross a, fighters and grapplers. It was a little swollen. I've seen the pictures. It wasn't even worth sharing in the discord. So it, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> well, there you go. It wasn't worth saving on your phone. So yeah, no, that means it's not bad. Dan likes putting horrific pictures in the discord. That That's something that that'll get uh, people signing up. Um, anyhow, we'll tell you about Josiah Harrell first. He's the muscle hamster, Dan. Did you know that? 
I did, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. 7-0, four knockouts, three submissions. So he's finished everyone he has faced. This is a short notice debut. There's that those three words once again, short notice debut. Uh, regional champion plus 650. That's all I got on him. Gummy me no more other than him being a muscle hamster. Jack Della, Madalena. Do you know what Jack Della's, Madalena's real first name is? Giacomo. Giacomo, correct. Giacomo Della Madalena. Did you look it up or do you know that? No, I knew that. <laughs> yeah, look at this guy. Uh, all right. Jack Della, as we like to call him, is 14 and 2. 11 knockouts, two submissions. Knocked out once, submitted once. So he's been finishing both of his losses. Four and only UFC, all via finish. One and only the Contender Series. He's got multiple regional championships on his mantle. Correct. Get the t shirt, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash store. Used to fight up at middleweight. Four inches of height, six inches of reach, two years younger than Harold, minus 900. We don't need to break this down either, right? Jack Dell is our guy, and he's fighting a guy out of his class on short notice. Yeah, Harold's, you know, like, he's a he's a good wrestler. I'll give him that. That's probably the only thing keeping the uh, the line down is people are wondering, could he just lay in prey on on uh, Jack Della for the whole time? I don't think he will, um, but he is really good on the ground. Uh, I've seen him finish a lot of people with back mount, particularly a couple of rear naked chokes in there, a couple of TKOs from the back mount. Um, and he, he's a Matt Brown trained guy. I think he's going to beat lightweights in the UFC. Uh, and I think I said that in the discord too. Like, I think after he does right. the UFC, this favor, they'll give him fights at his actual weight class and he'll beat people there. Um, and, and uh, so, so we shouldn't be too bummed out about his signing. He, he was a good signing. Yep. Gumby did say that in the discord. That's the, that's the type of insight you get in the discord. So uh, Jack Della is the pick here. All right. Welterweights are in the prelim main event as well. Robbie Lawler versus nico price yes both these men are in the ufc still ruthless robbie lawler is 29 and 16 with one no contest 21 knockouts one submission he's been knocked out four times submitted five times 14 and 10 in the ufc over two stints used to be the champion of the world at welterweight in the ufc he's gone one and five or over his last fights got tko in his last fight he's not fought since the last of july so he's been on the shelf for a year now uh used to fight up at middleweight was the XC champion. He also has multiple retail championships on his mantle. Correct. Get the shirt sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash store. He's got a big mantle. Elite XC belt, UFC belt, multiple regional belts. Wow. He went three and five in strike force, one and oh in pride. Pride never died, Dan. Uh 2002, he debuted in the UFC. 2001 was his pro MMA debut. Uh Gumby was just a little kid back then, still, weren't you? I was. Yep. <laughs> I didn't miss your birthday, right? Your birthday's coming up, right? Nope, don't have birthdays. I haven't missed it yet, have I? Oh, his birthday soon. We're going to have a big bash at his house. I'll tell everyone the address soon. Um, Robbie Waller, striking stats in his favor over Price. He's been outstruck by 0.84 strikes per minute over his UFC career, plus 225. Another one, obvious one, right? Yeah, uh, this is Nico Price for me. Uh, it's Nico yep. Price all day. It, it, what did you say the number was on him, too? Minus 250. Not Well, it's, it's not an awesome number, but I'll take it. Yeah, it's a good enough number, I think. I, I look, I, I really want to like Robbie Lawler and have hope that he can still win fights that aren't Nick Diaz. Um, but just like I, I don't think he can anymore. He got knocked out by by Brian Barberena, who, uh, you know, like, I, I mean, I guess Brian Barberena has some power, right? But like, 
not the type of power that should be knocking people out regularly. I don't think. Um, how many? What, let's see. When was the last time Brian Barberina knocked somebody out other than Robbie Lawler? Um, he knocked Jake Ellenberger. He, he locked. He, he knocked out Jake Ellenberger. That was the last person he knocked out. So it's been. I remember that guy. Yeah, it's been since he knocked out Jake Ellenberger. Then he knocked somebody out, and he knocked out Robbie Lawler. Um, yeah, like I, I just think as much as I, I like Robbie Lawler and I wish his story ended happier, Nico Price is a bad kind of guy to be fighting when your chin's not there and you're not fast anymore. Because say what you want about Nico Price and how he's like an erratic fighter who does, you know, we'll bring this back up, does really dumb things. Um, he's erratic, he's <laughs> yeah. fast, and he's powerful. So that's not easy to deal with. So, uh, yeah, I'm, of course, going with Nico Price here. Me too. I, I wish guys were able to guys gals were able to walk away um, before they got to this state, but that's not the way it works in the sport, unfortunately. All right, let's recap. We agreed on every pick, didn't we? Wow, oh, nine, nine of them, my man. <laughs> Even underdogs. Wow. All right, recap. This is all. This is our consensus picks. Everyone, tell us. Price, Della Madalena, Hauregue, uh, Manifield, Tyra. Procneo, Simon, Aguiar. I didn't put your name down there, but you're on Aguiar and Kirk. And I pronounced every name correctly there too. Look like it. Everything is coming up Millhouse. All right. That's it for this episode, but we're going to be back tomorrow with the main card, our locks, dogs, props, parlays, all that fun stuff for you. Told you about the discord, get in there and chat with us. Uh, Twitter, SGPN MMA. Jeff Fox writer, Gumby Vreeland. They're the handles to follow. The Top Turtle MMA podcast, if you subscribe to it, it would be in your feed right now if you haven't listened to it already because Gumby has dropped it already. And I'm trying to think who I heard him interview. I'm already blanking. Who did you interview, Dan? Remind everyone. Uh, I interviewed Chelsea Chandler, who's going to be fighting a week right. from Saturday at UFC Vegas 77. Very entertaining. Always fun to have on the show. Uh, and then I talked with, I'm into the Contender Series interviews, guys. So if you're getting excited yep. for Contender Series, uh, it's time to hop on the Top Turtle podcast. Because last week I had Kamachado on, who's going to be on the first episode of Dana White's Contender Series. And this week I have on Peyton Talbot, who will also be on the first uh, episode. So you can start to get to know some of these guys that we'll be seeing on Tuesday nights. Fantastic. Yes, I remember now. Chelsea Chandler, a very confident gal. Yeah. She's going to beat everyone, Dan. She, uh, she, um, she's, she's got a lot of confidence, but she's also got a lot of hands, too. So uh, yep. she's, she's, she's got that Diaz swagger to her, right? She does it. She does it. It's kind of funny because, like, in the yeah. cage, it seems yeah. like she does. And then when you talk to her, she's like, the, the confidence is quiet, but it's not brash. So it's not right. quite Diaz. Like, no. she's pretty she's pretty level-headed. So uh, it's she's a lot of fun to talk to, though. Yep. Good interviews all around. Uh, if you want good writing in your inbox and enter my pick'em contest, moneymma.substack.com is the place to be. There's a free tier where you get some of my stories. There's a pay tier that's only 30 bucks a, a year that you get everything. Um, and if you refer people to the site, you can get free subscriptions on, in, the, in the pay tier. So check that out if you're interested. And obviously for all your sports gambling needs, sportsgamblingpodcast.com is the place to all right back tomorrow until then uh i bid you farewell the muscle hamster jeff fox bids you farewell i also say goodbye um on behalf of my co-host el gringo daniel gumby and we'll talk to you tomorrow adios 